Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. Do you get angry pretty easily? And if you look back, are you getting angry for things that you really shouldn't be angry about? Maybe blowing things out of proportion? Or finding that every little thing kind of ticks you off (laughs) based on what someone does in your life? I know we all have them. And maybe it's not anger. Maybe we can wrap in uh, frustration. We get agitated by people, situations, circumstances, but it's mostly people. Let's be honest, right? Okay, so it hit me because I thought, wow, that's an interesting word. And isn't that a little blown out of proportion? And then it made me kind of dive in a little bit more into the gospel today. So we're going to read it, as always, for those of you who are not playing along on TV and who are not reading the daily readings. And I want to say shame on you, but I'm going to say it. Shame on you. (laughs) Have you not learned that the more you read the Bible, the more the Bible reads you. And the more you know the Bible, the more you know what God wants of you. Plus, when you die and God says, did you read my book? Are you going to say, no, I just couldn't be bothered with it? Well, you can do it in little tiny chunks, not even chunks, little pieces that a baby could swallow. Think about the gospel or the reading the other day with milk. I think it was the first reading. I mean, we're not ready sometimes to to digest the whole Bible, but let's at least start with the gospels. Or what I always suggest is the daily readings that come to your email. Go to usccb.org, United States Catholic Conference of Bishops.org. And sign up, get them in your inbox and read and think and pray, pray before you read, pray during your reading, telling you God will give you something to ponder. Luke 6, 6 through 11. On a certain Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue and taught. I wonder what certain Sabbath that is. I have to look that up. Sometimes there are crazy things that will come to me again on a certain Sabbath. Hmm, which one? And why? Jeez, sorry about that. That one just slipped out. And why 
are they bringing that up? I don't know. I've got to find that out. Okay. Going back. Sorry. Squirrel. On a certain Sabbath, Jesus went into the... Okay, wait. Speaking of squirrel, I have to say this. So when I was speaking in Silvis, Illinois, this past August 29th, so many people came up to me. I think they were all women who said, Oh my goodness, I am exactly like that. I'll start a story and then I'll get going and then I'll stop in the middle of it and be like, wait, what am I talking about? Where am I going with this? And it was hilarious. So that little squirrel comment takes me back to a woman who I was saying squirrel to. I said, yeah, that's me too. So anyway, you're not alone out there if that's what you do. All right. Starting from the beginning on a certain Sabbath, Jesus went into the synagogue and taught. And there was a man there whose right hand was withered. The scribes and the Pharisees watched him closely to see if he would cure on the Sabbath so that they might discover a reason to accuse him. But he realized their intentions and said to the man with the withered hand, Come up and stand before us. And he rose and stood there. Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath rather than to do evil, to save life rather than to destroy it? Looking around at them all, he then said to him, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. But they became enraged and discussed together what they might do to Jesus. I bet you can tell by the emphasis in my voice that that was what I thought was a little odd until I really sat with it for a while. And then it got me to thinking how many times we can jump to anger way too soon. Take something out on someone who's an innocent bystander because we had had someone treat us badly and we were still stewing about it when this new person comes into our life and then all of a sudden we're snipping at them. Define anger what you will. Frustration, agitation, lack of patience, where you're, you know, you're snippy. You're not allowing your husband to finish the dishes, for example, because he's not doing it right. Move over. That kind of stuff. And I also also want to say, okay, so the, they became enraged with him. Well, I think at the end of the day, that enraging might actually be tied in with maybe jealousy, maybe envy. Anger is something that we all, that comes from, it could come from fear. Like, think about it. If you're attacked and you're afraid, or you're guilty, and you're trying to defend yourself, and someone attacks you and accuses you of something that you did, but your first initial reaction is to lie and to be angry and defensive. And I think a lot of the time, anger comes from emotions, and emotions drive most of these vices. Hello, they're trying to figure out a way to kill Jesus. They're so angry with him. Well, that anger is mixed in with envy and jealousy, no doubt, because they are concerned with all of the good 
and all of the miracles that Jesus is teaching. They're not fond of it because they're not, they're afraid, fear of losing their power, their money, their corrupt system that they've built for all this many decades, years, etc. Okay, so how are you dealing with anger? And if there's something that you know sets you off or makes you angry, walk away. If you can, if it's something like TV, maybe it's news, maybe it's social media, kind of think about anything with a screen, turn it off. If you find yourself getting emotionally charged, turn it off. Because remember, the emotions from God are peace and patience. And I don't know all these. I cannot believe I don't know all these by heart yet, but I will soon. Peace and patience, love and kindness, gentleness, self-control, piety. Not anger, snippiness, passive-aggressive behavior. We need to manage our emotions. And it's funny because when you look at all the emotions in Father Ripperger's, <clears throat> excuse me, prayers for the laity, deliverance prayers for the laity, you can see emotions and spirits. There's kind of like a one for one. So if you're angry, or if you're anxious, fearful, you've got one for addiction. I think there's even one that actually is alcohol and marijuana specifically. Resentment, unforgiveness, frustration, confusion. This is another thing that he loves to do is set confusion in our lives or wreak havoc in it. He can bring other people into our lives to do that too, to wreak emotional or relational havoc or financial havoc or whatever. Okay. So we have to manage our emotions. So the minute we find ourselves getting out of control, well, first let's go back to avoid what just like <laughs> our act of contrition, right? Avoid what leads you to sin. And so avoid what leads you to be emotional and angry. When I come downstairs to get my coffee first thing in the morning, yes, I'm on coffee again. I'm trying to get back off of it. Um, my husband's watching WGN. You probably worldwide know that news channel. It's pretty stupid, but my husband is kind of one of those people who's not just a, he's not a sheep, but he's not, he's like not red pilled either. He's partially red pilled. And then the other part of him just doesn't care, which I don't know how they can match, but Hey, I gave him to Jesus and Mary a long time ago. All right. But 
<clears throat> but when I watch the stupidity on this TV, I get angry, especially when they actually try to, when they actually try to report news. It's pretty funny. Okay, hang on. Taking a sip. A sip of coffee. Okay, so bottom line, avoid it. If drinking alcohol or doing drugs leads you to sin, avoid it, right? But if you're in a relationship and you can't necessarily walk away from your spouse and you're in a discussion and you're starting to get angry, grab a hold of those emotions and give them to Jesus. This is where St. Paul says, all of our thoughts need to change. How many of you are really thinking about the thoughts that are going through your head, capturing the ones that are impure or not of the spirit and giving them to Jesus and kicking them out and asking God to fill you with the opposite thought, right? <clears throat> when you start to, excuse me, I keep clearing my voice, but when you start to pay attention to things like your thoughts. Gosh, do you know how attached you are to God? How truly attentive you are? So maybe you're not there yet, but that's where you can start. When your emotions start to boil and bubble, grab them like they're the worst thing ever. Kind of, I don't know if you had, if you've ever experienced those goofy things that you squeeze and the eyeballs pop out and all that kind of stuff. You know, it's got just a weird face kind of thing. Well, pretend that that's the anger that's bubbling up inside of you. Grab it, squeeze it, and then give it to God. Jesus, in your name, I renounce this spirit. I give it to you. And Jesus, while you're at it, can you please fill me? with love. And hopefully you start thinking, you change your thinking. So it's an active prayer, right? We're stopping, we're pausing, we're praying. We're praying before that person comes over. We're praying while that person is over. And we keep thinking, this person is a child of God. I have to remember that this is a beloved child of God and God's got a plan for this person and they're where they're at for a reason. I don't know about you, but I always think about my journey. How in the world can I possibly, possibly be judging someone when I know exactly what I was like and exactly how I might have treated someone who wanted to try and evangelize me? I don't know how, I don't know how good it would go. I really don't. I mean, I think I would be kind and let them talk. And there have been people in my life who have impacted me before my actual journey. I mean, I shouldn't say before my journey, because we were all on a journey from the moment that we came out of the womb. That's when our, well, actually our journey starts at conception, right? So I've been on a journey, but I've never had anything shake me up, of course, like the confession and all of that. But I've had conversations with people about, you know, why don't you swear? It's a Christian man. He was in my position. 
he was a peer of mine, for another division, and he said, I choose not to. And that stuck with me for a while. There have been a, two other um, executives, both men, both Christian men, who had a real big impact on my life. And that was because I either asked them a question or they were open enough to talk about their faith. And it was all non-Catholic men. Imagine that. And you might think, like, how does that conversation even come up to a Kendra pre-God kind of thing? And it, I don't know how that how those conversations actually happened. Because to me, it sounds so foreign to me. I don't know why I would even have those conversations with people. Okay, I digress. Moving forward. So grab the thought, the emotion. Renounce it. Give it to Jesus. Renounce it in his name. And then ask him to fill you with the opposite. That's the only way we're going to get vices out of our lives. If we practice the other virtue, the opposite virtue. So that means loving. And that means willing the good for the person. So not only are you going to start thinking while that person's talking and pushing every button you have, you're going to start thinking about how this person is a child of God how this person is loved, how I need to love this person. I just need to love this person more. That's what they need. They don't need our judgment. They don't need our schooling. They don't need our catechesis. They need our love for exactly where they are. And they need us to be present. And they need us to listen. And they need us to speak truth. For example, when I talk to my mom, I know I'm not going to be judged and she's going to tell me the honest truth. And I also know with my mom that whatever I tell her, she's not going to tell another soul. I hope you have someone like that in your life because it is incredible. And she happens to be my mom. Great. By the way, Everything's going great with the visit, so yay. She leaves Wednesday morning, so two more days. Okay. So now you've prayed before that person comes over. You're praying while that person is there. You're, you're grabbing and renouncing any of those nasty emotions that are going to make you say things you're going to regret, that aren't going to be loving. And you do the opposite virtue, which is Love that person where they're at. No judgment. Just love them more. Hug them. Touch them. Maybe talk about past great times. Tell them how much you love them. But also, you can evangelize and just be like, I'm so grateful God put you in my life. How often do people say that to anybody? Let alone you, right? When someone says something like that or I love you, Oh, how wonderful it feels. Why don't we do it more? Alrighty, this is getting long. <clears throat> and then the last thing is you pray. And you pray for them. Whether you feel it or not, pray for them. Because eventually, you're going to... Also, pray for your heart to be changed toward them. 
God, please change my heart. Help me love them exactly where they are. And that's it. But it's repetitive and it's constant. Maybe you don't see that person every day, but you should be praying for that person every day and then pay attention. Pay attention to how God changes your heart as you continue praying. You might notice that your heart is softening for that person or that your prayer is actually genuine. You're not forcing it because you don't feel it, but now you kind of feel it. It works. We have to ask Jesus in every single day. <clears throat> Excuse me. To Gosh. Okay, I was in another, another app, so I couldn't push stop. Now I'm back in this app. I should have pushed stop for that cough. Sorry. Anyway. We need to pray to Jesus all day long to have him change our heart, to take our thoughts and to replace them with his, to take our vices, to replace them with virtue. And that just means we're paying attention. And the more we pay attention to these emotions, fear, worry, anxiety, and we do the same thing, the more we are going to be blessed with that grace, that grace of peace that surpasses all understanding. And I know there isn't a person listening that doesn't want that. Every single one of us wants that. And to be able to master your emotions, which again is something that you have to do all day, every day, and you do it with God. And then guess what? You are walking in the spirit. Immediately that I'm walking on sunshine. Wow. Came to mind. Yeah, you're walking on sunshine. You're walking on the earth with God. You have a heavenly spirit. Everything is lighter. Everything is more joyful. Everything you, you appreciate everything more. So this goes deep. Okay, I'm going to stop. Listen to this again and really apply it because it works. I'm talking from experience. And I remember it took, what, six months or so for God to change my heart for my brother. But he did. It's a process. We don't know God's ways, but we need to have patience because God's timing is perfect. And the last one, shout it out, persistence. We have to be persistent. It's a process. Be patient, but be persistent. Speaking of shouting out, hilarious. Someone sent out a <clears throat> and out reach to me. It was so funny. It was um the Breakfast Club. So if you listened to yesterday, I couldn't remember the movie where they had all the different, you know, cliques and people in a high school. And yes, it was the Breakfast Club. So thank you very much. I had not had it come into my mind yet. So 
Alrighty, everyone, let's pray briefly in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Big deep breath. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into my body, my soul, my mind. I want your spirit. Replace my heart. I do not want my heart, which is selfish and sinful. And it puts thoughts in my head and makes me do things that I don't want to do, but I do them anyway. And Lord, I need purification. Please, Holy Spirit, sanctify me. Change my heart. Make it Mary's and Jesus's. Help Mary and Jesus form more in me. Help me also to reach out to you, not only in prayer time, but throughout my day so that when I have these emotional bouts, these waves, as you have said in your word so many times, if we are not anchored with you, we bounce about like the waves of the sea going this way and that. But if we pray to you with belief and trust, we will be guided by you. The boat will be steered where you want it to go. Help us manage our emotions, which we know will not only be good for us, but Be an incredible witness for everyone around us. Imagine, Lord, if we could love everyone all the time. Even when we're speaking of uncomfortable things or speaking in correctness or in a patriarchal way. Or like a disciple to educate and help people. We still do it in love and not as a reaction. Not to try to change people, but to share what God's done in our own lives. And the more that people see that change in us, the more they will be drawn to us, which is ultimately where we then point them to Jesus. Help us with our emotions, Lord, we ask. Take over our mind, our body, our soul our thoughts, our words, our deeds. Replace our heart. Make it a heart of flesh filled with your spirit and your love, your joy and your zeal. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I love you all. Go make it an awesome day. Find something more with God. Control the emotions and pay attention. Look back, reflect after the end of the day and see how you did. Were there triggers throughout your day that you could have avoided? And or were you speaking to God? Were there good moments and bad moments? What were the differences? This is why the examine at night 
is really important, especially if you are working. And we should always, by the way, be working on something. But especially if you're trying to become holier, we have to reflect so we can learn. And then we ask God for the grace to do what he wants us to do that day, which is to love ourselves and our neighbors. And also that means controlling our emotions and not getting angry without real justification. Okay, everyone, I love you. Sorry. Go back to your day (laughs) and have a blessed and inspired one while while I'm at it. (laughs) Take care.